Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas from uh, Western Canada. And Tom Timmerman just ducking in from the freezing rain here in the STL. Well, guys, uh, let's start with lots of positives. The uh, back-to-back games against Canucks, really good game on the road in the second half of that uh, back-to-back really should have been more lopsided score-wise because that's how well the Blues played for much of the game. But, Jim, I guess, all in all, that's a pretty good look at how the Blues want to play. It really is. And, uh, you know, you, you, you may have a hard time describing what Blues hockey looks like, how they should play it, but just the picture of that game. Maybe not the first five minutes. The, the Blues were a little bit on their heels early Maybe not the last five minutes when they were hanging on for dear life, but the time in between uh, uh, was very good. Just just ferocious uh, checking, uh, uh, a lot of good chances. Uh, they, 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 they probably should have had two or three uh, three goals uh, easier. And uh, by, by the way, guys, there's still snow on the ground here, so I'm, I'm not going to feel too bad about the freezing rain. It's Edmonton. What more would you expect? Even True. in uh, even at the end of March or the beginning of April, um, yeah, I mean, you look at that game last night, uh, Wednesday night, really one of the better ones they played. I mean, you look at funny, you look at that in the Washington game and think, yeah, you know, this this those are the only two games you saw. You'd say this this team's in good shape, uh, but if you'd have to disregard like the other four or five games they've played uh, recently, but that one, you know, that's that's one to bottle, and the challenge for them has been bottling. Okay, so this is the um, this is the exciting part of that game, and you know you're trying to get to Chief Hockey. Unfortunately, Jordan Kyra gets gets sick. They uh, the Chief shuffles the lines around, and uh, boy, Trubchenko uh, with Shen and Barbashev just went bowling for Canucks, and <laughs> and that's that 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 is a playoff looking line. Now I don't know what you do shuffling the other pieces around because you know the other lines two other lines are playing real well. But, I, but JT, that line had a had fun at the expense of the Canucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, there were times where the Canucks actually uh, uh, looked uh, rattled in their own end, where their knees were almost buckling. I mean, it was it was just weird to see. And they, where I was sitting in the press box, uh, was Canucks' own end for two of the three periods. So I saw a lot of that. But yeah, Torpchenko did not look like. Uh, uh, he was overwhelmed or overmatched moving up to the, uh, uh, to the third line. Those are three kind of uh, North players, as uh, Chief likes to call them, for sure. I, I think Barbashev, is, uh, he's had some dips in his play. Uh, lately got the infamous uh, Chief Baruby uh, talking to on the, uh, on the ice uh, after a recent practice in St. Louis, which is always kind of the, the kiss of death from uh, – from uh, cheap, but, but uh, yeah, they played very well. And uh, the fourth line uh, uh, too, I, I I'm here. I'm, I'm going to vote for Nathan Walker to at least until further notice, have a permanent spot on the fourth line, e- even going into next year. Uh, you know, and, and if you have to have Torpchenko on that not line and you probably will, all things being equal going forward. I mean, that th- those are two thirds of a good line. Now McKeckern, I just thought, I, I just think overall, he's just kind of been so-so since he's been up. But man, last night, he really got after it. Uh, uh, he, he was a heat-seeking missile and, and uh, just just uh, his speed was uh, glaring. So if you can uh, 
if you can get that out of them more often than not, I mean, finally, you know, underline finally, uh, you, you could have a, a pretty darn good fourth line. Yeah, you know, if you want to get Torbchenko off the fourth line, Jeff, and on the third, I, I think Barbashev is your only option to move down. I can't see moving anybody else down. And um, yeah, a, a week ago when he first came up, I asked Garubi, I said, why does Nathan Walker, why has he never been able to stick in the NHL? And he was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he, he did not have an answer to the question of what it is that is, uh, is routinely throughout his career consigned Nathan Walker. Uh, to the minors because, yeah, you know, and we'll see because there has been a history of his play declining, but certainly on this go around, he's, he's still bringing it at this stage of uh, the stage of the process. I'm guessing that we had Nathan Walker's big fan may have uh, raised a hand in the chat and uh, the Wednesday edition of the chat here. Uh, you know, there, or, there or, was, there, there was more in it probably because it was before the game. Yeah. It was a, it was a gloomy chat. It was a, oh. um, there, that was, you know, since it predated uh, the, the second Vancouver game, there was, there was a lot of concern and a lot of Cairo doesn't back check. Pareko's not physical enough. Um, things like that were kind of the uh, prevalent, uh, you know, Huso's not playing goal as well as he did in the past. So a lot of concern among uh, among the Blues faithful uh, out there, and for good reason, I would say. Now, to Tom's point about trying to shuffle the lines, let, let's say if you fell in love with Shen, with uh, the six foot six uh, Russian winger, and and Barbashev's hitting people and elevating his play, so now you're going to have a group that can uh, can get after people the way the uh, the Blues had a group during their Cup run that could do the things that the fourth line, which really became the third line quite a bit, could do. Well, that, that forces the other group, which could be the third line, which becomes the fourth line, <laughs> get sheltered usage. It really creates an interesting challenge. But you know, I can see a world where the, that group could play some, but then you're going to have to spot Cairo for offensive zone starts. You're going to have to make sure he gets power play time. You're going to have to use him as a bit of a wild card because you can't. He, he's got to get his minutes given his high level of skill. But man, the chemistry! If you could have a, a line that could bang and score a little bit and a line that can check and score and then have the Thomas with the, with the two Russians going, to me, that's ideal. And then the fourth line, you just sort of would spot. But but getting to that, JT, is tough because there's probably – who do you relegate in all of this, yeah. right? If, if players are playing to their ability. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a uh, – uh a good problem to have. It's interesting. Uh, Perron mentioned last night that uh, he thought, and, and maybe the first time in a while where they really had one of those games or for a good part of the game, they had four lines rolling, just four lines going. And uh, uh, you know, we, we haven't seen uh, much of that, uh, much of that lately. Cairo, I guess he'll be back. He skated today. So I guess he'll be back uh, uh, against the Oilers. I, I would guess, uh, Tarpchenko would be back on the uh, on the fourth line. Uh, you know, uh, again, Barbashev is is an option. The thing about Torp, as much good stuff as he does, uh, and he hasn't backed down. A lot of players, when they come up from the from the minors, just the adrenaline for the first two, three, four games, and then and then the kind of the water seeks its level, or whatever that saying is, and they kind of go back to being kind of the players that they really are, but, but it hasn't happened with Torpchenko. But the only thing about him, he's never been a, a big scorer. You know, he had one flash uh, in the Memorial Cup in the, in the junior hockey players where, where he went nuts during the playoffs. But 
Uh, you know, his, his, his scoring or lack of scoring says fourth line NHL player, but, but I don't know. And, and he takes shots. He, he, uh, he took more shots in his, uh, Chris Kerber and I were, were figuring this out yesterday. He took more shots in his uh, first 10, had more shots on goal in his first 10 games than uh, Clem Costin had in, uh, uh, and, and sorry, I, I know he's, he's still kind of, he's still kind of your guy, isn't he, Clem or no? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, a- anyway, he had more shots on goal in ten games than Costin had in his entire season uh, wow. with the Blues, thirty-three games or whatever. So Tarpchenko will will try to score at least. Yeah, I mean, he seem. I mean, and as we see now, I mean, he's going to be here the rest of the season. He's not going back to Springfield, and because of that, I mean, Costin's not coming up the rest of the season unless something. Uh, really strange changes here. So uh, there's been a shift of a shift of power here in the uh, among the Russian uh, physical Russian players, among Russian power forwards. By looking to the blue line, there were uh, there has been some shuffling. Uh, the loss of Tory Krug, who's done such a good job of moving the puck, especially you know in his second uh, campaign with the team, is so adept at, at getting the puck going, and the the game has gotten so predicated on being able to, to make plays coming out of your zone to escape pressure and to uh, move up the ice with control and momentum and speed. So it's interesting to watch this, you know, Kelly Rose is a guy that he's never really looked out of place yet. We haven't seen a whole lot of them. There's nothing really jumps out about him except that he doesn't really look out of place. Uh, and JT seems like he uh, moves the puck to the right place when he's supposed to and uh, avoids just the sort of the massive mistakes would draw attention to himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he doesn't have any of those like hand grenade moments where, where things are blowing up uh, in, in, in front of him. And I, I think Chief is to the stage, Baruby's to the stage where he's got enough talent up front. He, he would just like some steadiness, some calmness, some predictability back on the blue line. Yes, you need some playmaking abilities and kind of part of the, the March swoon uh, for the Blues, the they got very few goals, uh, very few in the uh, goals from, from, from their blue line, but still uh, at this stage and given the talent he's got up front, just, just give me a blue liner that just doesn't do anything crazy. And a, as you mentioned, Jeff gets, gets the puck out. It was really kind of strange to see him go back to back with Rosen, you know, Bortuzzo sat on Monday for the first time in a while. And then uh, Mikula sat on Wednesday for the first time since uh, before, uh, before Thanksgiving now, not, not, a, not a ton of minutes, you know, 10, 10, 11, 12 minutes for Rosen. But uh, uh, yeah, he's uh, uh, he hasn't done anything terrible. I, I don't know if that's the best compliment you could pay him, but uh, uh, some defensemen, if you don't notice them, that, that's a good sign. Yeah. My mind went back to Derek Pouliot when they called him up from uh, Springfield <laughs> in, uh, in a situation and, and he did have things explode on him. And I think we, we saw him got, get beat on a goal and completely vanished. He did not play that game. He was sent back to the minors the next day. Uh, he was out of the organization the next year. And now uh, I think he's, he's either in Vegas or Seattle. He's with one of those teams now. And um, yeah. So, uh, so Rosen has not done that. Rosen has made a, has made a solid case. And I think he is, you know, you know, they've got so many defensemen when Krug comes back, someone comes out, Perunovic next year is back. So, I mean, he's ultimately like the ninth guy, but um, he's been a, he's been a, a, for a ninth guy, he's been a good guy. 
I think you know, Derek Julia was on the uh, what did you call it? The Phil Kessel diet. I think I think oh, that was one yeah. of those problems there, Jeff. Might have lost a step, but uh, you know, JT, when you watch to, to really appreciate the uh, how the defensemen played today's game, uh, you have to kind of go back in the wayback machine and maybe watch a clip from you know the '80s where you know these defensemen you know chip it out, get it out of there, and 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 leave it to everybody else. I mean, unless you're Paul Coffey, Brian Leach, or one of these real big puck rushers. I mean, there was never you, you couldn't take any. No risk was encouraged. All risk was punished on, and now you won't look up there and you see guys behind the back cross ice passes in order to facilitate a breakout. The, the, the two defensemen, you know, just back and forth right in front of their own net, just boom, boom, two quick passes to get going things you never saw before. So the, the premium on guys being able to handle the puck and, 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 and not have it blow up and make quick passes and accurate passes and dangerous passes is that a premium? I mean, it, the game has completely changed. It's, it's, it's mind boggling. It's like these guys are under duress all the time and they're making, it's expected that they're going to make these pinpoint passes. And does it drive you nuts? Does it make you nervous to see all that, all those hijinks back there by the blue? I think, I just think of what Brian Sutter would think when he would see some of these passes that are just routine passes in today's game. It's insane. Tom, you back me up on this. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> Well, you know, Pronger was kind of revolutionary back in the back in the day for for what he could do. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a change. But it's it's you know, people talk about a two hundred foot game. It is now everybody's everybody's got to be able to do everything, and so the people are wanted on both sides of the puck, and defensemen are doing their job. How often have we heard the words "puck mover" here in the last couple three months? I mean, he's a puck yeah. mover. He's a puck mover. Well, you he know, when skate, take away, yeah, when you take away interference and you let the you let the four check come on full speed, and now these guys are back there under duress, not getting any help from their buddies, slowing guys down. You've got to be able to a retrieve and b make a really good decision. To be Kurt Warner as you're taking that hit uh, to get rid of because you're going to get hit. Today's game, there's you know the the Harold Snaps of the world who would, in today's game would just be sitting ducks. They would just just be mm -hmm. targets. The Lee Norwoods of the world. These guys, you got to be able to get there, elude a hit, and then and make a great play all in about a, in a second and a half. And then get going up the ice and join the rush while you're at it. So uh, it's, uh, it is interesting. And that kind of brings me to the next point with Nick Letty. That's, you know, we all talked about the need for a big physical D-man to, uh, to, to, add, to, to add leverage uh, in the defensive zone along the walls in front of the net. But again, puck moving. And uh, JT, Nick Letty is that. Good news, scored a goal. Bad news, he had a missed coverage uh, that got away from him. But with Krug's injury, it's really important that they got Nick Letty. You know, I want to say this about Nick Letty. One thing I noticed about him, he's a puck mover. <laughs> no, I, uh, no uh, yeah, and uh, Letty has has helped out. He, he, he kind of uh, uh, does a lot of the small things. I would just kind of – kind of trying to zero in on him last night and just kind of watch how he maybe gets out of traffic, gets out of trouble. And the play where they, where they got, I, I think it was the first goal. It was kind of, kind of weird. I, I think if, if the blues win that puck battle, it wouldn't have mattered that uh, uh, chase on moved kind of, kind of backed out, uh, but they didn't win the puck bat. They didn't win the puck battle. So that, that was not a, 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 a good looking goal, but I, I, I do think overall, the pluses of uh, Letty so far, 
have outweighed the minuses. And and uh, speaking of minuses, you know, I know he's Mr. Minus 33 with Detroit. He's only minus one in five games with the Blues. So uh, they're doing better on that front. Yeah, and one of the questions that I guess will be answered over the season is, you know, is there would the Blues want Letty back? And and I don't, and I, I think they got too many defensemen that I don't know that he's going to fit. But uh, right now he's he's invaluable, especially at the time when the with with Krug out. Well, and he'll be one of those guys that's going to have to probably settle for a more moderate contract uh, to fit himself in. I guess the salary cap might go up a million for next year, but you get to a point in a career where now it's a matter of, uh, of, of trying to keep going a la Carl Gunnarsson or, or even a, a different type of player like a Bortuzzo. You know, it may be that he has to go that route and just try to attach himself to a winner. You know, and, you know, JT, this is a chance you play for a team that's got structure, a team that's going to get to the postseason, God willing. Uh, you're going to get a spotlight put on you after that rough go in Detroit. Now, this is a real chance for him to uh, to, to push his career forward uh, into uh, some extended time. Yeah, and if not with the Blues, with 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 with, with someone else, and, and and if he plays well for the Blues, I'm sure uh, Doug Armstrong will at least attempt to resign him. I mean, you look at the Blues uh, defensive pipeline. You you have uh, Perunovic. and then you got two young prospects, uh, Leo Luf, uh, who they really like, and who's got he will hit some people. Uh, I think he got suspended in the world juniors uh, before that got canceled. I mean, who, who gets suspended in the world juniors for, for, a, for a big hit. Uh, I mean, he's, he's playing in Finland and then you, you have the, uh, the, the college guy, they just signed Matt Kessel, who, who, uh, 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 you know, played for a national championship team. I would guess both of those guys are another year away from at least contending, but uh, there, there, there is uh, a little bit of something in the pipeline. So we'll, we'll see, you know, the, the last time though, you know, the blues acquired a guy, uh, you know, and, uh, and he did well and they upped him. It was Marco Scandella. And so uh, that may, uh, may scare some people away from the thought of uh, keeping a uh, late season defensive acquisition around. Now he got, now let's be fair. Um, okay. Again, it wasn't a perfect defensive game, but it, the chief got a little frustrated. He started moving some parts around, you know, Mar Marco still has a place, but uh but uh, I, I guess with JT for, for him, does he make enough plus plays, whether it, whether it's a big hit or, you know, going to the goal and having the puck bounce off you when you're at toes on the goal line. Okay. That's a good play, a uh, good <laughs> offensive play. But yeah, I guess the question for him is just going to be, you know, can he when needed step up and play with Pareko and log some tough minutes as the, the chief starts moving parts around? Can he, can he do that down the stretch? Can he be that guy down the stretch? And I, I suppose he's asking a lot. <laughs> you know, he's had good stretches and he's on a good stretch now. And, and then he goes along and goes along. And then all of a sudden there are hand grenades. Uh, but uh, uh, he, I, he, lately he's making better decisions in terms of it's always the puck exits with him and, and uh, uh, he, and, and the breakout passes and, and, and he's making better decisions sometimes just a little more patient, waiting a little while uh, to let maybe the, the traffic clear out in front of him before he just launches one in the, in the middle of the ice. Uh, you know, I know he's this year's Zach Sanford uh, or, or even Colton Pareko. I mean, uh, uh, after the, just a quick aside, after the Letty goal, uh, some of the uh, responses I was getting on Twitter, they just wanted to blame Pareko for that goal because he, 
he had an icing call at the beginning and I kept replying, no, it's on Letty. No, it's on Letty. But they, they wanted to blame uh, Cole. But anyway, Scandella has been kind of a tease, I guess, because of that, because he will have good stretches of play. And, but boy, you know, you have one of those hand grenades and like game three of a series, you know, it could, it could be, it could be trouble. So always bears watching. Yeah. It's, you know, the, that one goal that Carolina scored uh, with, with Pareko back. And that's one of those ones that just, you know, stuck with everybody that, you know, of, of what he's not doing right. But he, funny, you look at the numbers and he's the best defensive defenseman the Blues have, Colton Pareko. I mean, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know which other guy on the Blues defensive core I would say I want to put against the other team's top line. I mean, you're not, you know, Falk would, Falk would be the other guy, but it's not like, you know, you're not putting Tori Krug in that situation. May, you know, Bortuzzo and Mikola have good numbers, but they get such sheltered minutes that it's hard to really accurately say what they are. But Pareko's got to be the guy you put against another team's top line. He's the he's the one guy they've got who can do it. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just uh, again, it's not it's not Eric Brewer bad um, in terms of the sort of um, complete the although he'll never satisfy the fan base uh, level of uh, of uh, public concern. But uh, you know, you just get the sense that you know, like, he is who he is. He's a very good player. Um, he's not ever going to be Jay Bomeister, where he's going to probably play a whole bunch of international competition for his country. But he's he's a pretty good player. And he's paid appropriately. And I think that's until they get better, you know, this is who they're going to have to lean on. And, you know, would he, if he suddenly got violent and started hurting people, that would probably help. I mean, like even Bortuzzo had a big crushing hit in that game, you know, push comes to shove at least, uh, you know, Robert will go run over somebody. And you know, so, you know, yeah. he, he uh, Bortuzzo has a psycho moment. He, he does. <laughs> it's just not going to happen with Pareko. I think blues fans have to realize the Colton Pareko you're seeing now is Colton Pareko. And I agree with you, Jeff. I think he's a very good player. Is he an all-star? No. Or a, a guy may, maybe to shine on the international stage? No, but he's a good player. I, I, he, and one of the reasons he doesn't have the point totals is he's never on the power play. He's never, he, he never gets uh, uh, a free pass into the candy store and, and to play in the playing. He's hardly ever on there. And uh, he blocks a lot of shots he leans on people. Yeah. He, there, there are some strange moments and yet you wish he would, he would crush people, but it's, I, I think he is who he is right now. Yeah. And, and, and they don't have, and they don't have other options, but he, he's, he is, he's, he's the guy if you need to shut down another team and uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's the option and he's the guy and he's, and he's going to be any, he, he's a nice guy and he likes being here and he's, he, but it's obvious that the coaching staff has faith in him because they put him in those situations. So he's going to be out there. He's played enough now where it's become obvious that there isn't a trigger in there. There's not going to be a triggering moment where all of a sudden, you know, you know, he, he's, he's going to lose his mind because um, he's been out there long enough. He's heard it all from everybody. You know, I don't think it's, I don't think that's going to, going to happen for, for Colton. Now, on the other hand, a guy that's playing with some edge and we're getting back to the front lines and, let me tell you, if if, you're, if they if, if the Blues are going to trade Vladimir Tarasenko after this season, uh, they they can expect to command a massive price. This guy's running over people, and he's you know he he's he's drawing the he's drawing angry attention from the enemy. He's continuing to pump shots on that. He's producing, 
Uh, he's very sturdy. He's got some jump. He's got some edge. Uh, JT, I mean, um, I don't think any of us could have even remotely imagined he'd be this robust. It's one thing to come back and score some goals, but now he's just running over people. And now he's like a kid again. And it's like he's never had a shoulder problem. Lately. Now, I, I think like the rest of the team for, for a good chunk of March, he, he didn't seem like he was engaged, Vladdy. But engaged, Vladdy, is what a treat. And as you mentioned, what a force. And uh, he's gotten that back. And my goodness, has he's had so many chances. I do think he could, he could easily have 30 goals already. I mean, he had just a, a tremendous chance. And I don't know if it, it just took him at the at the net front in the first period. And it just took him a while to couldn't get the puck settled. But I, I thought that thing had goal written all over it. And he's just had, uh, he's had lots of, lots of, lots of near goals. And uh, I like when he shoots a lot and these last couple three games, he's been shooting a lot. So yeah, engaged uh, Vladdy is, uh, is, uh, is, is a pretty amazing player and he's engaged. now. I think one of the key things he had to show this year was, and scoring goals was going to be part of it, but it was what he could do after all the time he had missed. And if he, I think he has proved that he can still go out there and, uh, and play, you know, his kind of game, you know, defensively, maybe not great, but you know, the offense is there and he can, he can be out there and the, the shoulder is not a problem. So I think that was among everything, what he had to prove this year. And he's really done that. And his back checking, you know, maybe not every shift, but at key moments in the games, you know, he seems to rise to that occasion as well. So, uh, you know, one to, to segue, one of the plays that I got a chuckle out of because it's, it's something you guys have been have tried to work with Robert Thomas on over the year, years. Um, so he gets a two-on-one rush, okay, and he's coming down the, the wing and he's got 91 over there. Well, not only does the defenseman just completely say, okay, Robert, you're on your own. I'm going over to 91 here. But then the trailer – trying to get back into the game, the trailing, the back checker, trying to get back in also is going to chase 91. So now, and Tom, so now Thomas is like, he's what is that telling you, Jeff? He's looking around, he's looking around. Now they got <laughs> the whole, the gravity is 91 sucking all the attention. So finally he, he belatedly makes a move, a pretty good move, but he got in too tight and got stopped. And uh, which was, it was really telling the scouting report on, on, on Robert as well as 91. But then, Flip side, JT, uh, acceleration, shorthanded, gets down the ice, protects the puck, you know, shields the defender, and a nice goal. There's Robert. See how easy it was? Use your speed, shield off a defender, you know, and then and then make your shot count. And it, it was a good-looking shot. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he had that little bit of illness combo, combo with injury where he missed a couple, three games, but he was going really good before then. And then he comes back, and after a game or two, now he's going really good again. Uh, Tom said, my stuff move in the five-hole didn't work, so he said I, I thought I'd go with the old reliable roof shot on the uh, on the shorthanded uh, goal. And, uh, you know, Thomas doesn't make that play last year because he's not on the PK. He never played PK uh, until this year. So kind of further proof uh, our further example of the, uh, the growth and development and also the, the added trust that Baruby has in, uh, in Thomas, he's really, a, an all situation player. And, you know, I like that he's playing the half wall or the flank or the wing, whatever you want to call it on the power play, because that, that's a position where you almost have to shoot. And, uh, 
he he's getting more confident in his shot. He, he's got 13 goals. I, I think he's a he's a 15 to 20 goal scorer uh, in, in this league, and it looks like he's 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 finally uh, getting there. He has said he's worked a lot on his shot, a quicker release in the off season, and now he's actually uh, you know taking some shots. I think this is this is Robert Thomas in the long con. He's like he's going to sell everybody, and he's done that over the first four years of his career. I am not going to shoot the puck. I am not going to shoot the puck. so much. <laughs> everybody has bought it now. Everyone's like he's just not going to shoot the puck, and maybe longer than he needed to extend that. Uh, it's a very long con, story. Tom. Very long. Yes, con. very long con. But that's that's what's made him the player <laughs> he is. He has now lulled everyone to sleep, and uh, and it's and it's working for him. You know, there are so many guys that have fallen into that category. Um, as an aside, the, maybe the, the Hall of Famer for that has to be uh, Jumbo Joe Thornton. He would be he would be sitting there all by himself in the power play, you know, eight feet from the goal, sitting a little bit off the right or left post, probably a little bit off the right post, just waiting, 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 waiting. I mean, take a step and score. No, no, nobody's out. No, nobody near me. I'm just going to sit there. I'm just going to – I'm the biggest guy on the ice. Um, but no, I'm, I'm not interested. I'm just going to wait for something else to happen. Just passively piling up, you know, Lord knows how many points, but mostly assists. So, uh, I do think Robert with his speed, if he just on the rush, um, you know, he, he could be, he could, he's, I think he's going to get 20 plus a year once he f- takes that final step. Cause he can do so much damage on the rush. All right. Last thing on the net front, um, talk a little bit about special teams, obviously a good game from that standpoint against the Canucks. What's uh, what's fun about this team for fans is that they can they can be dangerous shorthanded, with Thomas doing the PK on the PK and Bucinavich uh, joining the fray. Um, this team can be dangerous on on that, and also it, it can also have two good power play units instead of one. JT, I, I that that can only be positive if this team gets in the postseason, having that kind of potential um, to uh, to win a special teams game. Yeah, and and Saad too on the PK. Uh, uh, Saad quietly had 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 a, had a very good game last night. He's the one that kind of chipped the puck to, to spring Thomas, and and I think Saad is one of the uh, has one of the eight uh, shorthanded goals. So it's it's a little bit of a different look uh, for for the for the Blues uh, uh, shorthanded. They 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 actually have some scoring potential, and the. Uh, the power play, even without Krug, I mean, they 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 were I think one for eleven in the, like their three games before this game. But uh, boy, they 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 moved it around uh, uh, like a like a clinic uh, on on that goal uh, by uh, uh, O'Reilly. And uh, you look at the the guys on that unit. You had Tarasenko and Perron and Chen and O'Reilly. They they they've been doing it on the power play now for three three, four years. And I know scoring's up and power play efficiency's up throughout the league, but this really looks like it has an excellent chance to be the most efficient blues power play in history. I think the record's 24.6%. Even with this recent dip, the, the blues are a little bit over 26%. I, I think they're going to, they're going to set a record for uh, power play uh, efficiency uh, uh, this year. And, and, and you're right, Jeff, in, in the playoffs, uh, special teams can loom large. Would the Blues ever go with because it's something that's catching? It's you know you talk about go with a go with a with a power kill with putting someone like a Perron on the penalty kill, where you put good offensive players on the penalty kill because they know what a power play looks like, and 
they have better chances of scoring shorthanded at the other end. Teams are that's starting to be talked about in hockey. And I don't know if the Blues are going to be a cutting edge team on that. I'm going with a with a power kill. But it would but I think there are guys like Perron that could actually because you know who could actually do the job defensively and be a scoring threat if the puck got turned over. Well, well it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, uh, right uh, right around the All-Star break, Armstrong mentioned he would love to see Kyrou on the penalty kill because of his speed and scoring ability, like he said. And just the fact that just the mere presence of him on the PK would make maybe other power play units not quite as aggressive in, in cheating up. So uh, may, maybe we'll see that once Kyrou shows he can more consistently play defense. Uh, maybe we'll see a little bit of that. Yeah, the, the first step was just to get out of the shell, come out of the shell and actually go out and pressure the puck instead of just all seeing if you could back in to four people with their butts against each other. So they made that step. They're more aggressive, and but you, you can't you can't score shorthanded when you're sitting back in a shell. So no. one, one step at a time for our heroes. All right. Uh, Alberta, JT, tough this time of year. Edmonton, McDavid, Dreisaitl. Uh, again, a little better goaltending, but mainly they're just trying to, to score their way into the playoffs. They're right there on the cusp. They've got to get in the playoffs, losing not an option. And then Calgary, and then Calgary's just blasting the, the side of the, their, their division and looking like the showdown team for Colorado down the stretch. So two really hard games back-to-back. No doubt Edmonton's won eight in a row at home. Uh, last night, McDavid get it, gets his 100th point. Already he's got 100 points. Dreisaitl's at 49 goals, so just one shy of 50 goals already. Again, we haven't even played 70 games yet, uh, so – uh, obviously a, uh, a tough task for the blues, but as you mentioned, the Oilers they, they still don't worry too much about defense and they're just, ah, if we give up four, we'll score, we'll score five. So should be some opportunities. Really the blues should have won the, the first two games. The, the, the first one, they, they allowed a goal by Kale Yamamoto with like 27.8, uh, seconds. I think that, uh, otherwise they would have got a point in, and Calgary, my goodness, uh, last time they were there, seven to one flames. And uh, so what do you, where, gentlemen, where do you start Bennington? Wh- which one of these two games does Bennington? Oh, God. That, yeah, do you, do that, you throw it, it, back into the nightmare that was Calgary? You know, I, I wonder if you go with Bennington against against Edmonton and then you come back with Huso against Calgary. But there's there may not be a good answer uh, <laughs> to, to this one. It's, Oh, well, it is going to be a challenging weekend for sure. Well, Jim, thanks so much from uh, from uh, snowy Western Canada. And thanks, Tom. This has been the Netfront Presence. A reminder, you can check out all, all of our videos. And there's a ton of videos and a ton of podcasts and a ton of coverage and all sorts of stuff on stltd.com. It's, uh, we are doing more than ever. We appreciate your support. Continue to support local journalism. Until next time, for Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. See ya.